Awesome. How are we doing, church? Very cool. It, uh, I caught Dan and Mina in the foyer just as they walked in, and uh, you know they've got this beautiful new boy, Ezra. And I said to Dan, how's it going, mate? How are you feeling? And he just said one word, tired. So um, yeah, they've got it all before them, and all the parents said, amen. Can you believe it's the fourth last Sunday of 2023? What a year it has been, and I concur with Pastor Jen, let's not limp over the finish line, let's finish this year strong. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd love it if you could turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to read a couple of verses here this morning. Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is addressing a letter to the church in Rome. And uh, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 5 says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance or perseverance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope, everybody say hope, of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it shapes us, it molds us, it transforms us. And God, we pray this morning for a deposit of heaven into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I am nearing my 40th birthday, and I was sharing this with the men recently at our men's event. I am nearing my 40th birthday. Now, for some people, that means that I'm quite old. In fact, I was at Civic Youth the other day, and I got called Sir. How many people know that when you get called Sir, you're nearing old to that person? But to some of you, I might be quite young. Irrespective of that, statistically, I am nearing the halfway point of my life. The average age of an Australian male is 76. So if you're over 76 right now, hey, good for you. You're breaking data. But when you reach the halfway point of your life, you start to reflect on where you have been, but then you also start to think about where you are heading and what the next half of your life will look like. And so I've started to think about what do I want the next 40 odd years to look like for me? So I've started to think about academically, uh, spiritually, relationally, financially, what do I want for the next half of my life? And I've also started to look at physically, where do I want to be in the next part of my life? And one of the goals that I want to tick off physically is next year, I want to run a marathon, not a half marathon, Not a half marathon, ladies and gentlemen, but a full marathon. 42 kilometers, 26 miles, the whole hog. Hey, if you're here and you've run a half marathon and you've promoted it, well done. You get half a thumbs up, 50%, because you haven't done a full marathon just yet. All right? But I want to run a a full marathon. And and one of the benefits that I have in my corner is I have a number of friends who are avid runners. In fact, I've got two friends right now that have just completed the Gold Coast 50. That is 50 kilometers in plus 30 degree heat. They uh, completed it like half an hour ago. I was watching their split times. About half an hour ago, they completed 50 kilometers on the Gold Coast. And so they are avid runners. And so they've started to give me insights and information about the shoes that I should be buying, uh, the, the gels and the hydration that you have when you start to get some running in your legs. They've started to talk to me about heart rate and how to keep your heart rate down so you can keep running and, and cadence, how many steps per minute. All this information and insight 
so that I can complete the marathon. But here's the piece of information that I felt they probably could have talked to me a little bit more about, is the pain. The pain that you have to endure in preparation for a marathon. I've been running this week and as the temperature has started to increase and the humidity has started to increase, my feet look like they have been through a blender right now. Blood bister upon blood. I've got this growth on my, I'm not even sure what it is. Angie's disgusted by it. I'm kind of fascinated by it, but it hurts to touch. All right. There's a pain that comes with a preparation and in his letter to the Roman church, Paul says that problems and trials, or we could phrase that as pain, pain has the power to produce something within you. Pain has the power to produce something within you. And that something is what Paul calls perseverance or endurance. He then elaborates and says that perseverance and that endurance will develop your character. Now, I've heard a lot of definitions about what character is, but the one I particularly love is one I read in a biblical commentary, which says character is tested value. Tested value. Job said this in Job chapter 23, during his trials, during his pain, when he has tried me, that is God, I shall come forth as gold. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying that pain does not have to define you. Pain can actually refine you. Pain has the ability to produce something within you that pleasure never will. And Paul is describing two things here in Romans chapter 5. The first thing he's describing is a paradox. That a purpose and pain can exist within the same place. Is that not counterculture? to how you and I are possibly systematically programmed by the world that we live in right now. The way that our world operates right now is to avoid pain, avoid discomfort, avoid the struggle. But Paul is saying not just to endure the pain, get this, but enjoy the pain. Embrace the struggle because it has a purpose. Paul is a strange man. Endure the pain, but also James says the same thing. James, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter 1, he talks about consider it pure joy. Consider it a great opportunity when pain and problems come your way. Does anyone else consider the ramifications of those scriptures? Or do we just read those and think, oh, that's nice. But Paul is encouraging us to embrace the pain. Enjoy it. The second thing that Paul is describing is a process. More specifically, a growth process. Paul's saying that if we start with pain and problems and trials, and then if we have perseverance, it will produce character, which we know is tested value, which will lead to a hope, which will not disappoint. How many people know that there's many things that we can pursue and pathways that we can go down in this life that will lead to disappointment? But Paul is saying the hope that we put in Jesus will not lead to disappointment. He's talking about a growth process pain, perseverance, character, and hope. And if we believe the words of Paul, which I would think would be wise and prudent for us to do, then it would also be right for us to say, if we avoid pain, we avoid growth. If we avoid the struggle, we bypass the growth process. 
And I'll be the first to admit, but I know there are other people in this room right now. I love convenience. And so do you. I've seen you order Uber Eats. I've seen your Amazon Prime online shopping. UCARE shows us that, which is our church database. It has access to everything. I love convenience. I love the idea that there are companies and businesses that have meetings and conferences that try and figure out how to make my life easier. In fact, there are entire departments that exist within large companies and their sole purpose is to ask this one question, how can we make Jared's life easier? I love that. I love that they're trying to make my life easier. In fact, I run a small digital marketing business. And, and some of the three words, the buzzwords, the keywords that we use in our marketing, not for one moment do I profess to be an expert in marketing, but some of the three buzzwords that we use whenever we're working with clients is this, easy, simple, better. We're looking to make the customer's life easy. We're looking to make the customer's life simple. And we're looking to enhance. We're looking to make the customer's life better. At its core, convenience and consumerism is attempting to remove the struggle, remove the pain, remove the hurdles, remove the obstacles. But here's the tension, friend. Here's the problem. God is trying to grow me, not make my life pain or struggle-free. God is not so much interested in my comfort but my growth. I'll say that again. God is not so much interested in my comfort, but my growth. And the glorious thing about that is that our growth is at different rates and at different speeds. So it's not about, well, I'm growing and I'm maturing quicker than the person beside me. It's a bit like high school. I mean, we had guys in grade eight that had full beards. You know, I didn't get mine until I was about 25, which I'm really proud about. But we all grow at different rates and different speeds. And it's the same in our faith. It's the same in our spiritual maturity. My convenience, my comfort is not God's number one priority. In fact, God is not looking to make my life free of obstacles or convenience. God never promises in this book a way around pain. But he does guide us through a way through pain. And as a follower of Jesus, and this may shock some of us, as a follower of Jesus, growth is not optional. Growth is not optional as we're followers of Jesus. Following Jesus is not just about getting to heaven and avoiding hell. Sadly, that's how the church has sold it to the world, about getting to heaven and avoiding hell. As a follower of Jesus, growth is is not optional. It's about a growth process, a maturing process, and that doesn't stop this side of eternity. And you might hear people say, well, yeah, God loves me the way I am, pastor, so I don't really feel the need to change. And that's true, but what is also true that God does love you the way you are, but he also loves you enough not to keep you there. Can you imagine that the way that you acted as a teenager is the way that you act now? I mean, I remember when I first got my uh, license and I started looking at purchasing a car and some of the things that I wanted that I were important in a car are not what I consider important now. I mean, back then it was all about the color and the stereo and the mags and the stickers. 
Now as I grow, because I'm on a growth process and I've matured, believe it or not, now I'm interested in safety. Now I'm interested in fuel economy. All the important things. What's happened? I've grown up. And you have too. And sadly, that doesn't often transfer into our faith where sometimes we're still spiritually immature because where we've once got saved and we haven't been on that growth process because we thought growth was optional. But growth isn't optional when we follow Jesus. Maybe we need to grow from being followers that always ask God to do things for us and instead we can be disciples that allow God to do things through us. You know, there's this false teaching in churches, probably more prevalent in the United States, but there's this false teaching out there that would suggest that following Jesus equates to a struggle-free life. And I wish that were true, but you and I both know that it's just not. In fact, I've found that life and struggles, they're inseparable. They come as a duo. They come as a pair. You want life? It means you're going to have to deal with some pain. You're going to have to walk through some struggles. And if I was to ask most people today, if I was to survey this room, what do you want most in life? Some of the common answers or some of the the frequent responses that we might have with things like, I want to be happy. I want to have a great family and a great marriage. I want to have a fulfilling career that I love. And they're all good answers. But if we could summarize that, what we're ultimately saying is, I want an easy life. I want a pain-free life. And a question that most of us never consider, never even contemplate is this, what pain do you want in your life? In other words, what are you willing to struggle for? What pain are you willing to walk through? Because the pathway to growth, friend, isn't determined by what makes you happy, but by what pain you will not just endure, but also enjoy. That's the pathway to growth. I wish, it was, I, I wish we could have some other silver bullet, some other magic formula, but often growth means you have to walk through some pain, which means you have to walk through some valleys. You have to walk through some fire. And in that fire, in that storm, in that valley, in that dark season, whatever you want to call it, there is growth that takes place. But if we avoid it, if we reroute and think, you know what, it's too hard, we suppress it, we deny it, we play the victim card, I don't want to deal with that pain, I guarantee you will not grow. A pain-free life is a growth-free life. If you want to grow, you're going to have to walk through some pain, friend. You know, the year 2020, in my opinion, got a bad rap got a bad rap. 2020 was the year that we had lockdowns and there was a a degree of loss for all of us. Stuff changed dramatically for us. And some of us look back on 2020 and it was certainly the year where we started to obviously think different about a whole bunch of stuff. And some of us look back and I'm so glad that 2020 is over. It was a horrible year. But you know what? I think 2020 got a bad rap. I learned a lot about myself in the year 2020. I learned a lot about other people in the year 2020, like how much they love toilet paper. 2020 got a bad rap. And yeah, it was painful. 
in no way am I diminishing or denying that. It was a painful year for a lot of us. A lot of us had to let some stuff go. A lot of us had to lose some things. We had to think things differently. But there was growth in that year, I guarantee you. It was a painful year, but it was also a growth year. And when we grow, the things that can change our capacity, when we go through painful moments and painful seasons, it might cause us to reshuffle our priorities, which 2020 did do. Maybe it causes us to reflect on some things in the past, some hurts, some betrayals, and we can get healing and be restored from that because growth occurs in the struggle. I'll say that again. Growth occurs in the struggle. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story of the emperor moth, but the story goes that there's this moth in the jungle and it's about to come out of its cocoon, out of its chrysalis. And this man passes and sees this giant emperor moth about to come out of the cocoon. The problem is, is there is only a small hole in this cocoon. And so he sees this moth struggle and strive to try and get out of the moth, out of the cocoon, sorry. And the man says, you know what, I'm going to help this moth. And so he makes a couple of cuts in the cocoon to free it. The problem that happens is that the moth gets free from the cocoon, but because the struggle has been taken away, the pain has been taken away, it doesn't have an opportunity to spread the fluid through its wings and it hits the ground and it dies. What's the, what's the lesson of the story of the emperor moth? That growth occurs in the struggle. Because as the moth tries to get out of that tiny little hole, it's actually doing that moth good in the long term. Yes, it's short-term pain, but there's long-term gain coming from that emperor moth. And because that man took away the pain because he thought he was doing a good thing, the moth died. And how many times, perhaps, is that a picture of our prayer life and how we interact with God? Where we're wanting God to take away the pain, but maybe the pain is a preparation for what's ahead for you. You know, last week, last Sunday, it was a very exciting Sunday where we announced that Pastor Angie and myself will step into leadership of this church at the end of next year. But can I honestly tell you, the last three years for both Angie and I have been a painful time. Painful in, in, in stuff that we've had to work through as a couple, but also as individuals. But you know, the, the perspective that we've had on that, it's preparation for what's ahead, We've had to walk through the valleys. We've had to walk through the fires. We've had to walk through the dark seasons for what's ahead. If we avoid the pain, we don't grow, friend. Growth occurs in the struggle. Growth occurs in the struggle. It's 10.31 and I am acutely aware that it is the first Sunday in December and I have not made one Christmas reference this morning. Many of you would label me a Grinch because of that, but hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to land this bad boy in the old town of Bethlehem, and you're about to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Genesis chapter 35, verses 16 to 19 says this, then they moved on from Bethel, and while they were there, still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty, some might say pain, in childbirth, all the women said, amen, the midwife said to her, don't despair for you have another son. And as she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni, 
But his father, Jacob, named him Benjamin. And so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath. That is Bethlehem. That is Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, Micah's a prophet. He's making a prophecy of the arrival of our Saviour Jesus. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. Let me ask you this question before I read those two scriptures. Do we know Bethlehem by who was buried there or by who was born there? I think most of us would all say, well, Bethlehem, of course, is the birthplace of Jesus, our Saviour. But there was also a burial there in the book of Genesis. Bethlehem was the place where Rachel was buried, but it was also the place of where Jesus was born. So here we have this little town of great pain for someone, but also great purpose for God. What's my point? What am I trying to say? When we walk through seasons of pain or places of pain, we can either just see it as a place of pain or a place of pain and purpose. We can either see it just as a place of loss or a place of loss and learning. Out of Bethlehem came Jacob's greatest pain. He lost his wife. But also out of Bethlehem came God's greatest purpose. And this is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 5, that in moments of pain and in seasons of pain, you can have obviously pain and no one's here to deny or diminish. And I think it's really unhealthy when we say just suppress it and push it down. We need to acknowledge painful seasons, friend. No one's suggesting that for one moment. When we say endure and enjoy the pain, not for one moment are we saying, let's put on a mask and pretend everything. We do, we do ourselves, we do no one any favours when we play that artificial game. I'm here to encourage us to acknowledge the pain. But here's what I also am encouraging us to do, to have the perspective that it could also be not just a place of pain, but a place of purpose as well. Yes, it might be a place of loss for you, but could it also be a place of learning for you? Could it be that God is preparing you for something in the future? One thing that I have discovered about our Heavenly Father is He does not waste seasons. So you might be walking through something incredibly difficult right now at the end of this year. In fact, this whole year you might be looking at thinking, you know what, 2023 was a write-off for me. I'm done with it. I can't wait to welcome 2024. Bring on the new year. I can put all that stuff behind me. Can I just pause you just for one moment, friend, and say maybe, just maybe, there might be something still in this year that God wants to show you, that God wants to illuminate to you. Out of Bethlehem came Jacob's greatest pain, but out of Bethlehem came God's greatest blessing. You can have pain and purpose in the same place. I wonder if you stand with me, church.
It's a perspective shift. And when we're so programmed by the world, by a society and a system that says, avoid the pain, you deserve the convenience. Hear me, I think we should work smarter and not harder and, 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 and get convenience into our lives. The problem is, is when we allow that to creep and bleed into our faith and bleed into our churches. And when we use that lens and when we use that filter over our faith, man, we have, we have problems because people have distorted views of who God is. When struggles and pain come to our life, we have Christians and people of faith that are so confused that when they face struggles and pain, because they don't have the right perspective. They don't actually understand that growth actually occurs in the struggle. And rather than asking God to cut us free from the cocoon, maybe our prayers, God, give me the strength that I can get through this. God, I don't know all the answers. I don't have clarity just yet. But God, give me the strength to walk through this season. Give me the wisdom to know not just what to do, but when to do it, how to say it. It's amazing that when you look back on the painful seasons of your life, friend, and you can see the mighty hand of God at work. It's when you're in the fire, it's when you're in the valley, it's when you're in the storm, there's a whole bunch of head noise going on. Got to have the right perspective. There was pain at Bethlehem, but there was also a purpose at Bethlehem. And I pray that maybe you're in a difficult season right now, or maybe 2024 on the horizon, there's some difficult days ahead. I pray that our perspective would be God, what do you want to do in this season? Because He doesn't waste it. What do you want to show me? How do you want to grow me? I don't want to just go through these days. I want to grow through these days. At the end of 2024, I want to see how far you've brought me, how much I've been refined, the impurities. Like Job said, as I come forth, I'll be refined like gold. The only way we do that is by turning up the heat. And so, Heavenly Father, God, shift our perspectives today. Give us a different outlook on struggle and pain and problems and trials. God, wisdom would suggest that we don't go out looking for it. But God, when it does arrive on our radar, that we would have a perspective on pain, that we would have a perspective on problems and trials, that it's doing an inner work within us, that we would be refined by it. God, we want to grow. We want to grow in you. We want to spiritually mature in you. And part of that means pain. And so God, refine us. Refine us as individuals. Refine us as a church. Prepare us for what's ahead. Bethlehem, out of a place, there was pain, but there was also 
your greatest purpose in your son. Now we have your Holy Spirit that walks with us, guides with us every single moment of our day. God, we can't do this without you. That's the truth. We don't want to do this without you. You're right there with us in valleys, in low moments, but also the mountaintops. And we're so grateful for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray that bless you this morning, church. Why don't you stick around after the service? We do have some Christmas treats there. Grab a coffee, find someone you don't know or someone you do know. Stick around and enjoy the rest of the service. In Jesus' name, amen.